ends up saving Cornelius. And God, they end up realizing that, hey, this isn't just for the Jews, that it's for the Gentiles also. And in this story, after he tells, he tells this, it, was, it shows how at first they were preaching to the Jews only. You know, it kind of was something they thought this was just for the Jews. It was always kind of about the Jews. And then, but they realized, hey, this is for everybody. You know, and it was spelled out. Jesus had spelled it out. It was spelled out in John 3.16 that the gospel is for the whole world. It was spelled out in Luke 2 when the angels came and said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. But they dismissed it. Sometimes people dismiss things. Their eyes aren't open to it. So God reveals it to them. And so now, I mean, the gospel, it's, it's really spread. And it's going all over the place. And so, you know, you can't really call them Jews anymore because most of the Jews weren't following what they were supposed to. They were not continuing on in their teaching, in their religion, because according to the Jews' religion, they were waiting for Messiah. Well, the Messiah came, and they re- uh, most of them rejected Him. So we see what ends up happening here. In verse 26, look at what it says. It says, When they had found Him, He brought Him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So we see where they get the name Christian. And it was something that happened after this time when Gentiles are becoming a part of the church. So you can't really just call them Jews anymore. And so what are they calling them? They're calling them Christians. Why? Because they're just followers of Christ. And notice about this, this was a name that was just kind of given to them. It wasn't necessarily, we don't see in the Bible where they chose this name for themselves. It was kind of a name that was put upon them. Many people believe it was derogatory, but, you know, there's just some insult Sometimes people say things as an insult, but it's not an insult. You know, and if somebody says, you know, you're like Christ. Okay, I'll take that. You know, I'll take that as a compliment. You know, you know, you're, you're like Chuck Norris. You know, okay, all right, you know, I, I, I love, I love bringing up Chuck Norris, but, um, but, you know, there's something there that's not an insult. And there are many things that we call ourselves, many of the names that we have that we identify ourselves with, you know, they're really just names that are more, they're, they're identifiers. I hear people many times, they'll criticize the Baptist church or they'll criticize Baptists for calling themselves Baptists because where do you see in the Bible where you're supposed to call yourself Baptist? Well, I don't see it anywhere, actually. I don't see where we're commanded to call ourselves that. You know, I see in the Bible where it was called the church. But let me ask you, how many have ever noticed, I think it's when you go into Morrison, that sign that says the church and Morrison welcomes you. And you see that sign, and you're like, which church? Right? And I think it's just called, is there a church called the Church of Morrison? Those of you from Morrison, do you know? Have you ever even been there? Probably don't know which one it is, because, I mean, they're not identifying themselves. You know, and, and sometimes people do that. You know, the, the Church in Punch Bowl, some of you know what that is. And, you know, what is that church? How do, how do you identify? I have no idea. They got all kinds of weird doctrine there. You know, that's nothing like the Bible. When something's just called a church, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Now, we are, okay, I'm just going to give you my opinion right now, but we are the church in Rock Falls. In my humble opinion, we are the church in Rock Falls. But you understand, if we just call ourselves that, people are going to have no idea what we are. And the names that we have, they have meaning. All right? They identify us with some things that we're not ashamed of. I'm not ashamed of the doctrine that we preach here. I'm not ashamed of it all. I'm, we're live streaming this service right now. I don't care who sees it. I'm not ashamed of the doctrine that we preach here. And I don't mind having a name that identifies us for who we are. I'm not trying to hide anything. 
And so the title of my message is just why we call ourselves Baptists. And that's the short title, because the truth is we don't just call ourselves Baptists, do we? We've got a bunch of adjectives in front of it. You know, in our phone book, I think it says independent, fundamental, King James only. I think that's all it says in there. Uh, but uh, those things mean something. And in the Bible, we see that many of the names that people often have, it was not necessarily names they made up for themselves. Okay, I'm going to get real freaked out at the first person that just all of a sudden is like, you know, I want to start make up a new name for our religion. You know, I mean, who who sits around making up names for themselves? All right, usually it's people with a lot of pride who you know give themselves nicknames and call themselves by those things. And, you know, that's ridiculous. We don't do that. Usually, these names are things that are thrust upon us. And we need to keep those things in mind. Because that's what it was with when Christians. If we just say we're Christians, what does that mean? I talked to a Muslim yesterday, and I mentioned we were from Liberty Baptist Church. And he said, so are you Christian? I said, yes. He's like, so are you Catholic? No. You know, and I, I had to like try to explain what we were because there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who are not. And so we do. We have to identify ourselves in the... That's why we go by these different names. Imagine if when you went to the gas station and you went to go buy a soda, if all the different flavors just said soda. You know, I just saw a thing where it was showing in all the different parts of the country what everybody calls it. Some places they call it soda. Some places they call it pop. In the South, everybody calls it Coke. Everything's Coke, right? Up here, that's a very specific soda, okay? But down South, that's just that could be any soda. But, you know, they do. They've got to, they've got to put those labels on there so we know what we're getting, all right? I'm glad, when, I'm glad they put diet on some of them so I know not to drink it. All right? you know, I'm glad uh, they put caffeine-free on some so I know not to drink it. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm glad they have those identifiers. I want to know what I'm getting myself into. If I'm visiting somewhere and I, I want to go visit a church, I don't want to accidentally end up in some tongue-talking church. I don't want to end up in a snake-handling church. I don't, there's some places I don't want to end up. I'm glad when they put some specifications on their sign that tells me a few things. And we're going to look at the reasons we identify ourselves with some of the things that we identify ourselves with. Why we allow labels to be attached to us. And once again, I didn't pick most of these labels. Okay? Some of the ones I'm going to show you, I did not pick these labels. These labels were put on me kind of like the name Christian was kind of put on the believers in the book of Acts. But, okay, fine. You know, yeah, that identifies us. Yeah, we're followers of Christ. We're like Christ. We'll go with that. If that's the message that it's sending, I do. I want to identify myself with that. So, you know, name, here's some, just a few names that should identify us, but don't. You know, we should be able to just say, we are the church of Christ. Okay? Now, a lot of the church of Christ people, often criticize Baptists because, you know, how dare you call yourselves Baptists, you know, when you don't see yourself be called that in the Bible, but you do see how Christ, well, here's the problem with that. What church doesn't say they're not of Christ? You know, go ask a Methodist, are you of Christ? Yeah. Go ask a Catholic, are you of Christ? Yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. I personally think we are the church of Christ, if you ask me, in my opinion. You know, or we should just be called the church. You know, Abraham's seed. We are that, aren't we? But what do many Baptists call that today? They call that Jew. You know, the Jews. They say they're Abraham's seed. Even though the Bible says we are. So we're not going to call ourselves Abraham's seed church. Nobody's going to know what that means. You know, the Israel of God. That's in the Bible. We're that. The church of Christ. The church of the living God. 
There's many names like that we see in the Bible, but they don't necessarily identify us. And understand, you know, because it's because of false religion that we have had to add these adjectives to our name. Even amongst Baptists. Just because something says Baptist doesn't mean you're going to get truth in that place. There's a lot of Baptists out there preaching a lot of false doctrine. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. Okay, and so here's one thing I do want to say is a lot of times when you hear people attacking the Baptist, you know, Baptists in general, you know, they'll say some things that are factually true. Okay? You know, they might bring up this verse, and I absolutely agree, but notice what it says in Acts 4, verse 10. Be it known unto you all, and unto all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And right there we see that the name of Jesus is the only name that is going to help you get into heaven. The name of Baptist will not get you into heaven. Any other name I mentioned, it will not help you get into heaven. The name of Jesus is the only name that will get you into heaven. That's it. Period. And people often say, you know, you're naming yourself all these things. You're... But... Have we ever preached here that you have to be Baptist to go to heaven? No. Well, then why do we call ourselves Baptists? Because we're going to go to heaven we want to go first class. Amen? No, I'm, I, I've heard that line before and I think it's good. But, no, it's, it's an identifier. Okay? It identifies our doctrine. It, that's, all, that's all that it is. We are not claiming these things as a way to get to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only name that will get you into heaven. That's it. And the Church of Christ people often, they like to criticize us for that. Well, you know what? If they're really going to be biblical, they should be called the Church of Jesus Christ. Just don't do it the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, that, you know, that'll really get you in trouble right there. But can you see where a lot of these names have been, you know, corrupted and they don't necessarily mean anything? And once again, you know, being Baptist won't get you to heaven any more than being Church of Christ, Catholic, Methodist, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. You know, those things are not what get you into heaven. It's the name of Jesus. It's the belief on Jesus Christ. It's the work of Jesus Christ. But we are we are a local assembly right here. We are an assembly of believers, and we are we want people to know who we are. We want them to know what we stand for, and that's why we have these other names. That's why. So I don't want you to think that I am making more about these names than should be made. They are nothing more than identifiers, that is something very important we need to understand. All the other names we possess have nothing to do with our salvation. No, absolutely nothing. You know, we're also not a secret society. Okay? We're not a secret society. We put our beliefs on our website, said our preaching is out there for everyone to see. There's nothing secret about what we do here. I always have fun when people try to accuse us of being cult. You know, I'll have churches that accuse us of being a cult, but they don't want to put their doctrinal statement out there where everyone can see it. They don't want to put their preaching out there where everyone can see it. They want to do everything in secret. And yet, we're the cult. Oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, if, if you ask me, that's kind of two-faced if you ask me. But look at Acts chapter 11 and verse... Uh, back to Acts 11, verse 26. The verse we looked at before. So notice how it says, it says, "...and the disciples were called 
Christians first in Antioch. Okay, so what about Baptists? How did how did that name happen? Now I'm not an expert in history on this subject. All right, what I'm about to preach to you right now is not Bible. All right, it's what I've been taught from history. But from what I understand about the name Baptist, is it's kind of a name that was given us by the Catholics. Here, the Catholics they came along, they called themselves the Church, the Catholic Church, the Universal Church. Well, the problem was there was a bunch of people that believed the Bible that were out there that were preaching true doctrine, and they did not want to identify themselves with the Catholic Church, and they did not identify themselves with the Catholic Church. And so whenever people would get saved out of the Catholic Church, you know what they would do? They would baptize them, which often would get them killed. If you baptize someone that was a member of the Catholic Church, it would often get you killed during certain times in history. And the Catholics, they called people who believe like we do Anabaptists, which meant rebaptizers. They called us rebaptizers because of the fact we would baptize people that they had already baptized because they didn't recognize that baptism. They didn't recognize sprinkling. They didn't recognize baptism of babies. They didn't recognize baptism that came before salvation. So they would baptize them and they call them rebaptizers. Well, the Baptists, well, we're not really baptizing them again, seeing that baptism you did didn't count, or that you did didn't count. So they just went with Baptists. They just kind of embraced that name. Yeah, we baptize people. Yeah, we'll baptize Catholic converts. Yeah, we're a rebellion of the Catholic Church. You know, we don't recognize the authority of the Catholic Church. Hey, if that's what Baptists are, sign me up. Alright? And that's kind of the attitude. It was a name that was kind of given to them. You know, now we're not Baptist brighters. You've got the, you know, you've got the people out there. Everybody wants to take things to an extreme. You've got the Baptist brighters that want to teach. If you're not a Baptist, you're not going to go up in the rapture. If you're not a Baptist, you don't get to go into the New Jerusalem and only the Baptist or the Bride of Christ. That's a bunch of hogwash. Alright? That's a bunch of garbage. Okay? We don't get baptized in the name of Baptist. We get baptized in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Ghost. Alright? So just keep, you know, keep that in mind. We are not Baptist brighters. That is another false doctrine. But we do agree with Baptist distinctives. There are things that, and I could preach whole messages on each of these, and I've preached messages on many of them, and I'm just going to briefly mention them. But there's Baptist distinctives. These are things that are kind of separate Baptists from other religions. And one is the Bible is the sole authority of faith and practice. We don't have a hierarchy of men out there that can overrule the Bible. We don't have that. We don't have a Pope. We don't have, we don't have that. In the Catholic Church, the Church is the authority. Catholics use the Bible. But there's many times in the Catholic Church where the Bible contradicts what the Church teaches. And you know what happens? The Church overrules the Bible in the Catholic Church. Well, what happens in a Baptist Church when what we teach contradicts what the Bible teaches? The Bible overrules what we teach. Okay? Because the Bible is the sole authority. We believe in the autonomy or independence of the local church. And I'll say more about that in a little bit. But the priesthood of the believers. Okay, We don't have a priest. I am not your priest. Okay, I, do, I am not an advocate between you and the Father. There's only one advocate and there's only one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. That is it. You are your own priest. You have access 
to the Father through Jesus Christ. We believe in the priesthood of the believer. You know, then they have, you know, they got to have B A P T I S T. So the T is the two offices. You know, individual soul liberty and responsibility for I separation of church and state. Two ordinances: believers' baptism, Lord's supper. Those are those are kind of the things. And we don't have time to talk about those, but those are are very Baptist. Okay, there's other religions that have some of them, but you're probably not going to find too many other religions that have all of those things. Now you might, and so and but unfortunately, even in Baptist churches, you don't see all of those things. There's many Baptist churches where the Bible is not the sole authority of faith and practice. It's just it's just not the case. They've created hierarchies. They've created denominations. And that's where we get the word independent from. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is one that's in our phone book. This is a word that we use to identify our church. We are an independent Baptist church. We're not a Southern Baptist church. We're not an American Baptist church or a General Association of Regular Baptists or any of those things. We are an independent Baptist church. And what does that mean? Well, 1 Corinthians 6 1 says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. Paul is rebuking them right here because they had issues in the church and they're taking these issues outside the church. Paul's saying, hey, you would be better off taking the least esteemed person in the church and letting them make the decision than going before unjust judges. He's showing them here and the example he's giving, he said, we're going to judge angels one of these days. We're going to judge the world one of these days. Don't you all realize that God has called you to judge matters in the church? Do you realize that it is our responsibility in here? We judge matters in the church. Do you know what we do? We should be able to take a Bible and figure out what we're supposed to do. We ought to be able to figure out what our doctrine should be. I shouldn't have to go to a Bible college somewhere. I shouldn't have to go to a Baptist Pope somewhere or the Archbishop of the, you know, whatever and go to them for these things. We, as individuals, we ought to be able to come together, we ought to be able to go to the Word of God and figure out what needs to be done. And we don't need outside sources helping us. We don't need to be a part of a denomination. We don't need these things. We ought to be able to do it. Say, well, you know, we're not very good people. Well, we're not very smart. You know, these people, these higher-ups in some of these other denominations are smarter than we are. Paul said right here, you're better off getting the least esteemed person in the church and letting him deal with matters. Are you not able to judge the smallest matters? Hey, we ought to be able to come together and have a church and preach the truth and do it. We ought to be able to do that. We ought to be able to make some decisions. That We should be very capable of that. And you know, we are capable of that and we're doing it and we don't need other people's help. And we are, we are an independent Baptist church. Meaning, this is the church right here. The people. It does not extend outside to some other group and any other organization. This is Liberty Baptist Church right here, and we are an independent church. Okay? And so that's what that means. You know, we can fellowship with other churches of like faith, and we do, but we're not under their authority. 
and they're not under ours. Sometimes other people, they do things that are a little bit different than we do, and that's okay. They're allowed to be wrong. Amen? No, but, you know, indiv- you know so if it's, it's, bad, it's bad if one church can't govern itself. And individual local churches, it's a better way to preserve good doctrine. It's better. Why? Because if we're all one, if we're all united, if the head goes bad, we all go bad, don't we? So it's better if we have individual churches everywhere. The chances are we're not all going to get caught up in the same false doctrine. We're not all going to do the same stupid thing. And so we are more likely to preserve good doctrine if we are independent, if we have independent local churches. If we're all independent, there's less likely to be that power struggle and corruption. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you are not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. Why are they carnal? Why are they still like babes? For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? They're trying to create different groups, different cliques. Why would we do that? Why would a church, why would any group of any kind try to form all these different cliques and groups? Here's why. It's because there's always somebody that's wanting to be the head of something. There's always wanting somebody to create a following. Somebody wanting to create... You know, that pyramid of power, as I like to call it, with them on the top. And if they can't get the top in one place, they just kind of go create another one somewhere else. And we see that he's saying, you know, hey, if you're doing these things, if you have these kind of fightings going on, you know, he's saying, you're carnal if you do that. And we see that if we're all independent, it's less likely for there to be that power struggle. Because, I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to be humble or anything as, as a church, but I mean... You know, who, you know, what power crazy person is going to want to come and take over this? We don't, you know, this church does not have access to millions of dollars. I don't have great power over all of you. You know, I'm not being worshipped or anything like that. You know, we're a small local church. So if there is some power crazy dictator out there, why would he want to come here? If I'm a power-crazy dictator, you know what I'm going to go? I'm going to go to the denomination. I'm going to try to move up the ranks. And I'm going to try to take over that thing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go to that small local church somewhere. But we see that that happens. And the, and the evil men who do that want to control, want to manipulate, want to take advantage, where do they go? They're going to go to the place where they can have as much control over as many people as possible. It's going to, and you, I mean, you could, It can happen to a certain extent in the local church, but it's just a lot less likely. It's a lot less likely, especially when most churches are less than 100 people. It's just, it's not going to be worth these people's times. But, if I could all of a sudden be in charge of 100 churches of less than 100 people, now I'm really a big shot. Now I'm really something special. And we see that there are people, that that is, that's just kind of a human nature thing, a human struggle. But when you have the right kind of church like this, it's just—it's probably not going to be a problem. 
So I believe that's one of the reasons God chose to do it this way. So we are we're in, so we're Baptists, we're independent Baptists, but we also call ourselves independent fundamental Baptists. Look at what it says in Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Independent fundamental Baptists. What does that mean? It says it says in verse sixteen, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We call ourselves fundamental because we believe the Bible is that sole authority of faith and practice. One of the Baptist distinctives. But yet we feel like we actually practice it. Okay, All Baptists would say that they have that distinctive, but as fundamentalists, we feel like we actually put it to the test and we actually practice it. That we do let it run things. We proved it by the fact that we're independent. We proved it by the fact we don't have a hierarchy in those things. We prove it by the fact that we'll let it change our doctrinal statement if we need to. And we've done that before. We prove that by actually teaching the whole Bible. Trying to preach chapters of the Bible. Not shying away from anything in the Bible. Trying to preach the entire thing the way it's supposed to be preached. And not being ashamed of that. There's a lot of things that are in the Bible that are very offensive. There's a lot of things in there that people don't want to hear today. That people, you know, they have that itching ears. They want the fables. But you know what we do? We preach it anyway. We don't care that it's going to offend people. Right? We're not trying to offend people, but we understand that, hey, we have no authority to go and overrule the Bible. Jesus said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to do that, even though it's probably going to drive a lot of people out. Even though it's going to make people mad at us and not like us, we're going to be fundamental. We're going to preach the fundamentals of the faith. And the, you know, the Bible, it's, it's what proves that Christ is the head of the church. It calls Him the head of the church. It calls Him the chief shepherd. The Bible settles the argument. People do. They, it's amazing all the people that want to fight about doctrine and fight about what we preach. And it's amazing how many preachers I know who they want to criticize some of the things I preach, but they don't want to sit down with me with open Bible. They just want to tell me what to do. They will not sit down with open Bible. They will not defend their position with an open Bible. You know how many Baptists are defending their position today? This is how they defend their position. This is how they prove me wrong. They tell me how old they are. They tell me how much longer they've been preaching than I have. I I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. They'll talk about how young I am. And folks, I'm, I'm going to be 40 before that long. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm starting to feel old, alright? You know, my age is proving it, and even lately my body's been feeling it a little bit, alright? I'm not that young, okay? I'm not gray, but I'm bald. You know, so I, I think I deserve some respect, alright? I've been in this thing for a while, but I do. But, you know, if they're older than you, you know, you're always going to be young. But that's but that's not an argument. The Bible's older than they are. It's way older than they are. And yet, this is what they want to throw at me. They want to talk about how many years of experience they have. And I, I want to quote Scripture, and they want to tell me how old they are. They want to tell me how long they've been in the ministry. They want to tell me all the stories of all the things that they've seen and heard. Sorry, I didn't see and hear those things, but I did see this verse in the Bible right here that says something contrary to what you're saying. And I'm sorry, but I am an independent Baptist, therefore you can't make me do anything. And I'm a fundamental Baptist, therefore your age and your experience means nothing to me. Show me in the Bible where I'm wrong. 
That's what it means to be an independent fundamental Baptist. And you know, with that, you know, usually independent fundamental Baptists they have a little bit of attitude about it too. All right, that's kind of something we've always been known for is have a little bit of attitude about it. If you see a church and it says independent fundamental, they usually have a little bit of attitude. All right, you usually know you're probably going to get a certain type of preaching, and I like it. And it's what we do here. And I'm not ashamed of that word. There's a lot of independent Baptists today that are dropping that word fundamental because they don't want to be associated with some of these mean preachers. You know, some of these guys were just way too mean. You know, but I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind being associated with the mean preachers. You know, they were just, they weren't being mean. They were just telling it like it was. They were just showing what the Bible says. And that's what we're going to do. So, we're independent, fundamental. Another thing, we have this in our phone book, we're King James only. Alright, look at Psalms chapter 12. Verse 6 and 7. You know, each of these things, I thought about preaching a whole message uh, on each one of these things, but I just decided I'll just I'll preach it all at once. If you all have questions, if you all doubt any of these specific things and want to argue with me, maybe we'll preach a whole message on that if we feel like we need it. But the Bible says the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. We have a promise right here that God would preserve His Word for all generations. And while I don't have time to preach a whole message proving how that's the King James Bible, I will just say this right now, that the King James Bible is the only Bible I've ever heard anyone even claim is the preserved Word of God. It's funny, all the people who want to criticize the King James Bible or criticize the King James only position and who want to say that there's mistakes in the King James Bible, I just want to show them Psalms 12, 6, and 7 and say, well, can you show me which one it is? And it's funny, the people who all say the King James Bible is not the perfect, preserved Word of God, they, they don't know which one is. They say all the other ones aren't perfect either. Well, until you find the perfect one, leave me alone. Alright? I believe we've got a perfect one. And we are King James only. We are not. I'm not going to preach out of any other Bible. I'm not going to let anybody come here and preach out of any other Bible. We are going to put all King James verses on everything that we use. We are a King James only church. Why? Because we're true fundamentalists. Because the Bible is the final authority. If we are, and there are people out there who claim to be fundamental, who are not King James only. Well, that is just a lie. Because if you are fundamental, that means the Bible is the final authority of all faith and practice. If you're not King James only, you know what that means? It means you're a Bible corrector. Because that's what they all do. Well, this word should have been translated this and it completely changes the meaning. And now they don't have to follow that verse anymore. Or they want to go to their concordance. You know, it would be better translated this and you know this word means this. And they change doctrine by correcting the King James Bible. That's another thing we're not going to do here either. There's a lot of people who call themselves King James, but they're King James correctors. We do not believe that. This is the final authority. And unfortunately, because so many people out there are calling themselves fundamental, who are not King James only, we have to add that on there to make sure people understand, hey, you're not going to hear any Bible correcting here. You're not going to hear any other false versions of the Bible you're going to get preaching straight from the King James Bible, and we're not ashamed of that. So we identify ourselves with King James only. The name of King James is not going to get you into heaven. Okay? But understand, what's taught in the King James Bible 
is what will get you to heaven. And it's what teaches there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus Christ and we get that from the, from the King James Bible. And anytime, anytime anyone ever correct, tries to correct the King James Bible, you need to force them to admit what their final authority really is. And many times their final authority is a dictionary. God didn't promise to preserve the dictionaries in Psalms chapter 12. You know, or history, or Greek, Hebrew, or Greek Bibles. Many people do it with Hebrew or Greek, and they don't even speak Hebrew and Greek. You know, if a Greek wants to argue with me about that, maybe I'll give him a chance, alright? But at the same time, alright, I'm not gonna let some English person who doesn't even speak Greek tell me, you know, correct my King James Bible with Greek. I'm not gonna know what he's talking about because I don't know the language, and I'm not gonna pretend to like some of these people do. But many times, or their final authority many times is just professor. Their professor that seemed really smart when they were in college, you know, convinced them that the Bible's not perfect. And so now they're just going off what he said, or their church, religion, whatever. So we are, we are, we are independent, fundamental, King James only Baptist church. But there's another name, and I'm gonna, I'm throwing this one on there, and this one's probably gonna get me in trouble. This one's probably going to, um, this one will be taken the wrong way by many people. Alright, but hear me out. Okay. Hear, hear me out on this thing. Because notice these names, many of these names are not names that we pick for ourselves. It's names that have been attached. Okay? The name Christian. People called them Christians. Baptist, people called them Baptists. You know, independent later got added. Fundament, fundamental is often a negative term. Do you all get that? People, you know, you fundamentalists. They mean that in a bad way. Yeah, it's fundamentalists. You King James only people? Yeah, it's King James only people. Yeah. Fine, I'll take that. But turn over to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Once again, I don't go around looking for names to call myself. Alright? I don't, I don't believe in doing that and names to call our church. I, I don't do that. But in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, people often will reproach you. They will put you down with the name of Christ. But He says, happy are ye. He said, you can hit me with that all you want. I've had people do that. You know, call you know, call you a Jesus freak or a Jesus follower or a Jesus person. I remember when I first got my job at McDonald's, one girl was calling me. The first thing I got called was a church boy. You church boy? I go to church. You know, fine. Uh, you know, guess I you know I can't argue with that, and I don't really have a huge problem with that. But he's saying, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Okay. Sometimes these things that we get called, it is a negative thing. It's a bad thing. But at the same time, if it's for the right reasons, okay, fine. I'll take it. Go ahead and call me that. And the one thing that our church gets called, I never called ourselves this. I've never put it on anything. But we get called New IFB. We get called New IFB. And that's often used in these New IFBers. And you know, and I don't, I don't like necessarily like that name new because I'm from old IFB, and new is a bad word. All right, you know, anything that's new is bad, 
in the old IFB. And the thing is, I'm an old pass guy. I'm I'm totally old pass. All right, I, I'm I'm for that. But you know, people can interpret things however they want. Some people call it new. Therefore, if it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. I mean, you know, they'll throw these things out there. And so once again. It's, it's just a label. People attach. You can interpret it however you want. But, you know, I guess I'm a part of a new generation. All right? Maybe I am young. So I don't think, I still think I'm, 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 thinking, I'm feeling more and more like the older generation. But um, I think it was when I was at, I was at Brother Romero's church. They're having there, there, the young men's preaching thing and all that. And I'm kind of being talked about like one of the older preachers and stuff. I'm like, when did that happen? You know, I'm thinking, you know, when did I, yeah, I thought I was still in the younger category, you know, that kind of made me feel old, felt really bad, but, um, but you know, everyone, every one of these terms, they had something negative, but what is that term new IFB? Well, what a lot of people uh, take from it, you know, they call it faith alone for salvation, which we believe that, but we also, you know, and all Baptists would say that, but we also strongly reject this repent of your sins for salvation teaching. And that's in a lot of Baptist churches. So you kind of have to specify that today. You know, most of these things are in most fundamental Baptist churches. Once saved, always saved, King James only, you know, the Trinity, soul winning. Right, we're not the only ones who soul win, but at the same time, it's disappearing in many old IFB churches. Okay? The new IFB is known for its soul winning. Okay, but that right there proves what we're doing is not really new because we sure didn't invent soul winning. We did not invent that. We are just preserving it. All right, we are the preserved IFB right there. That's right there. But anyway, that just hit me right there. You know, hard preaching. Okay, and we didn't start hard preaching. I grew up on hard preaching. Right, we did not start this, but that's what we're known for. That's another thing we're preserving. You know, the anti-worldliness, anti-Calvinism. We did not start these things, all right? The, but we are known for these things, churches like ours, because it's disappearing. It's becoming more and more rare. But here's probably where we're a lot, maybe a little more different than a lot of the other churches, and that is we're very anti-dispensational. Hate it. All right, yeah. Stamp that label right on my forehead. All right, uh, yeah, you know we're anti-Zionism. Okay, unfortunately, that bad teaching it got it, it made it in the old IFB churches, and it's a it's a bad teaching. It's a it's a stupid teaching, and there's a lot of uh, wicked stuff that goes with it. And we believe in a post-trib pre-wrath rapture. All right, now I didn't come up with this name. I didn't. I don't necessarily like it. I think preserved IFB is better. Right? I'm, I'm, gonna, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to start doing any of these things. But at the same time, you know what? If somebody says you knew IFB, if they mean all those things I just mentioned, you know what I say? Okay. Yeah, I'll associate myself with churches that preach like that. If they if they're doing hard preaching, if they're soul winning, if they have these doctrines we're talking about, if they're taking strong stand against these things. I'm with them. I'll gladly associate myself with them. And you know what? Is in the end, as long as we remain loyal to the scriptures as fundamentalists and independent as a church, we'll be safe. 
Because you know what? One of these days, there might be a false doctrine that creeps into new IFB churches. But you know what? As long as we remain independent, if one of them grabs that false doctrine, we don't all have to. We don't all have to go down. You know, we won't have to go down with them. And you know what? There might and there may come a day where you have to add another adjective on there because some you know something creeps in there. I don't know what, but something creeps in there, and you know, in, in the end. What we need to understand is the only name that really matters is the name of Jesus Christ. These other things, if people come along and they you hear you hear criticism towards our church because of these names and you know it's supposed to be just about Christ. Hey, none of these names have anything to do with us going to heaven. We're just doing that to identify who we are. We just want people to know what we believe. Hey, this is what we believe in this church. This is what we teach. This is what we stand for, and. Most of these labels, we did not make. They've been attached to us. And just like Christians have historically done with those labels when they've taken strong stands, they've said, okay, fine. I'll take that. I'll take that label. And you can criticize. You can say it as a negative thing. They, you know, People can point their finger at me and you know, say, nah, 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 you're just like Jesus, and it's not going to make me feel bad. All right? that's, that's not going to make me feel bad. On their part, he's evil spoken of. Alright, but we understand that that is a good thing. That is a compliment. And these, these names are just, just that. They're identifiers. And so I want you to understand, I don't want us to ever make more of those names than we should. Okay, and let me, and I'm here to tell you, to tell you too, you know, just because people have attached new Iabetas and stuff, if new IFB churches start doing stuff that's weird, doesn't mean we're going to. Because we're independent. And we don't have to. You don't need to get freaked out because we've got the other things right. We've got the independent. We've got the fundamental. We've got the King James only. We're going to stick to the Baptist distinctives. We're not going to change on those things. And so we're going to be we're going to be good. We're going to be safe. That's the way God intended it. So I hope that was a help to you. Let's pray, dear Lord. We thank you so much for your word, Lord. We thank you so much for your name, the 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 only name that really matters, the only name that will get us into heaven. We thank you. Uh, for that. But dear God, I pray you'll help us to not be ashamed of who we are. I pray you'll help us to uh, do a good job of um, identifying ourselves and for the right reasons, for the right things, that we can be a light in this community and help see many people get saved and get in the right kind of church. And I just pray you'll uh, continue to bless our church for it. In your name we pray. Amen.